Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. We kick off Hour 2 of the Chuck Oliver Show on this Wednesday. Appreciate everybody getting in for Hour 1. That's Chris Landry, because it's always Chris Landry, uh, Hour 1 on Wednesday. Coming up in, oh gosh, about 10 minutes or so. Well, maybe about eight minutes and seven seconds. Uh, Heather Dennis is going to be talking playoffs from ESPN.com. And then bottom of the hour, I don't know why we hadn't had this guy on in a minute. Woody Womack from Rivals. Uh, he is their recruiting dude, and he is in charge of it, man. He's on it, and there is so much going on with commitments. Walter Nolan committed on Saturday, I believe, to Texas A&M. And now, that didn't mean anything to a lot of the schools that are still chasing him, but uh, he seems pretty committed to it, and that's a giant defense, um, a giant opportunity for him, a defense to join with Marvin Le- DeMarvin Leal, uh, uh, Clemens, just so many of those guys on their way out. Um so Woody Womack will talk uh, uh, recruiting with him from rivals um, coming up. And I, I was on with uh, Tex Ags 
yesterday uh, on their podcast. They do a video podcast, video uh, um, uh, series each day. And they asked me about matching up with Georgia in the SEC title game. And, you know, who could do that from the way? I think Bama, if it is Bama. And I don't know that it is Bama. I think it will be because I think they're going to beat Auburn. I think. But how do they match up with Georgia? And I said, well, nobody's going to really match up with Georgia's defense very much. But Georgia's offense, I was like, that's where the opportunity is. And Texas A&M, I said, it's supposed to be just the guys we know, just the upperclassmen, isn't it? It's not. Who's that kid, that sophomore out of uh, St. Louis it is? I was thinking Houston, but um, the Nickelback Johnson? My gosh. Um, whoever that, the, the backer, 43, spent all day in the backfield. Just an amazing, amazing defense. And you know what? They give about 10 points. I think they're second in America right now. And they give like 10 points more per game than Georgia. Whatever the number is, Georgia's like six, six and a half a game. So we'll talk to uh, Woody coming up. Uh, but right now, let me get you up to date. Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365. Yeah, it is. Headline, Ohio State slides into CFP top four. And, and that's your takeaway. The continued ascension of Ohio State. Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Oregon 3, right now Ohio State 4. Keep your eye on the Buckeyes. I think they're not only not going to lose, but they've got opportunities to impress. Headline, USC-Cal game postponed due to COVID. Cal Golden Bears, do we know what happened last week when they went on the road? They took like 42 players with them. I think it was 42. Uh, scholarship players, excuse me, scholarship. Uh, yeah, 42 scholarship players in uniform after having roughly 25 kids test positive. 99% of the roster is vaccinated. And with walk-ons and everything else, if it's I just we'll call it 99 because it's just not quite perfect, but it's close to 99%. Um, the schools in the Pac-12 decided that if there was a program this was their rule going into this season if there was a program at fault through not following protocols etc then it's going to be a forfeit but if it's just kind of happened i mean cal 99 percent, then you can reschedule so this is what the idea is we know the pac-12 they always plant that flag on friday night um before championship saturday they'll still have their pac-12 championship game that night The next day, the Pac-12 will make use of any opportunities to make up a game for teams not involved in the Pac-12 championship game. So if USC and Cal, neither is playing, Cal won't be, uh, playing in the Pac-12 championship game, then they will make it up um, on Saturday, December 4th. So that is the idea. And I will say, and I'm not here to preach to anybody, but I will say this is not an opportunity to spike the football. That George Klyavkov, he's been a little bit of a cartoon so far. And he really has he has zero idea who he's dealing with when it comes to TV execs and for college football and Sankey and that. But he has no clue what he's doing. But that's him. And he's been a little uh, odd and uninformed and brazen through ignorance. But again, that's just him. These are the kids, and this is not an opportunity for anybody outside of, you know, the western part of the United States to kind of spike the football. Ha, ha, y'all got test, positive tests. Y'all can't play. Um, and I've actually seen some of that response because, I don't know, part of this this part of the country, maybe you like to bang on that part of the country. They don't get a football game this weekend. I think that stinks. 
Uh, final headline. In fact, go ahead and consider yourself up to date. I'm not even going to call this a headline. I'm just going to talk for a minute. I was mentioning earlier in the program, we played a rejoin from Auburn head coach Brian Harson. Still feel, actually I feel because I'm seeing it unfold every week in a literal manner in front of me other than just checking in. I said when he was um, hired from Boise, because when he was Broncos coach, you'd check in every few weeks. Oh, they're playing an undefeated Nevada team. Still not enough for me. Oh, they're playing Virginia Tech. Okay, I'll watch. Um, that I liked the hire and that I knew Brian Harson was going to um, bring a, a renewed seriousness. Not, that's a bad word for it, but, but just the approach. Uh, and I like the hire. And now we're about halfway through this, actually more than halfway through the season, and I still like the hire. And we were talking, he was talking about Bo Nix, and it's not all on him. And I started comparing Bo Nix to about half the quarterbacks in the SEC who have basically started every game and gone all the way. That if there are offensive statistics from your team's quarterback, that, that, that one guy has it. And like Will Rogers, he's got him. Bryce Young, whatever the quarterback's done, well, Bryce Young's done it. In Gainesville, it's not the case. I said, for Bo Nix, he's gone the whole way. And I started going through some of these. And I said, Max Johnson, he's gone all the way. To this point, for the most part, Max Johnson has gone all the way. Garrett Nussmeyer is a true freshman quarterback who is very exciting, runaround guy, and they love him, and they should. Uh, he played early, and Dan and I were talking about this, McNeese State and Central Michigan. He played in both those games. Uh then he played against Ole Miss. Ed Ogeron has said he's going to play some more, that we have a full open quarterback competition. Now, this is particularly bold for an outgoing coach who the easy thing to do is to leave the more experienced, if it is just 10 games or whatever, more experienced quarterback. Yeah, because this is my last shot to win anything, so I'm going with that guy. I give Coach O credit. He's looking around going, what's the best chance to win? And what's the best chance for Max Johnson to have a, what, teachable moment, learn something, whatever it is? He's been comfortable in his spot as the starting quarterback, and he should have been. Miles Brennan wasn't going to play, not until recently, and now he's portaling. You never want a guy to not feel the pressure, to not know there was someone behind you who could take your spot. We were just talking about Bo Nix. The, the the overwhelming opinion is that the presence of T.J. Finley and his play against Georgia, that's part of why Bo Nix has had an uptick in his play. According to Coach O, we got a full-on quarterback competition. Garrett Nussmeyer, to this point, has played in three games. He could play one more game and still keep his red shirt. I don't think that's going to happen now. I think after playing in three games throughout the first two-plus months of the season, you're going to see him throughout the rest of the season. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Wednesday and pleased to be joined from ESPN. It is Heather Denich. And when it comes to the playoffs, ain't nobody quite got the information like her. Uh, I'm going to use the word embedded. Uh, that would be Heather Denich and the playoff committee and their rankings release each week. Uh, I want to welcome on now. Heather, how you doing today? 
I'm okay. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate your time. Let's talk about uh, rankings as they come out last night. And um, when we look at the Georgia Bulldogs at one, there is no conversation about them in the least, really. That is the assumption, and it's the correct assumption. They'll be the number one seed um, in last night's rankings. What happens with Georgia as far as being evaluated in the room while they're still looking so dominant? I mean, is it is it everybody's ballots come in and they all have Georgia at one, so there's no discussion? I want to know what the committee is discussing about the Bulldogs. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, I, I don't know if it's unanimous per se, and the way they actually do the voting is through cross-country scoring systems, so it's like X amount of points for first, second, third, etc. cetera. Uh, but there's really not a debate around the number one spot. It's clear that they're the best team in the country right now. Does that mean that they're invincible along the way? Certainly not. I mean, they could lose in the SEC championship game. They could lose to Tennessee. I would be willing to bet that Tennessee scores some points on that defense. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens down the stretch. But for here and now, I think it's fair to say that they are unequivocally the best team in the country in the eyes of that selection committee. Well, let's talk about uh, one of the very few undefeateds remaining, and that's where a lot of folks want to skip to the conversation next, and that would be the Cincinnati Bearcats, 9-0. and If you can use the phrasing, they move up a spot, which the committee says don't use that, but they are a spot higher than a week ago. What do you think is the blue sky? What's the ceiling for Cincinnati? Um, will it require a lot of other blue bloods kind of eliminating themselves for Cincinnati to get into the Final Four, in your opinion? They certainly need help. I mean, to me, in order for Cincinnati to get into the top four, at least two of three things need to happen. One, there can't be two SEC teams. Two, they need a, a Pac-12 champion that has two or three losses. And then three, they would have to have Oklahoma behind them stumble at least once, more likely twice, down the stretch here over over the next three games. Uh, and, and like I said, I don't think all three of those things need to happen, but I think they need at least some combination of two of those things to happen. And right now, as you look at the SEC, with Bama sitting there at second, it's certainly possible that two SEC teams can get in. I mean, the most realistic scenario would be for Alabama to beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. And then you have Alabama, Georgia, the Big Ten champion, and this is where Cincinnati needs that second thing to happen because yep. then you have, you know, if Oregon's there with one loss, if Oklahoma is undefeated or with one loss, they get that fourth spot, right? But if you take away one of those two SEC teams and the Pac-12 champion, then you have room for Cincinnati and Oklahoma as a Big 12 champ. But, you know, I think what we saw on, I want to say Saturday, but Tuesday, last night, is Cincinnati moved up by default. Nothing that they did against Tulsa changes the perception of Cincinnati as a team or its schedule, but they move up to five because Michigan State falls out. So that leads you to believe that the more upsets that happen, the more realistic of a chance they have to move into that top four, again, by default. If we skip down to another undefeated there, Oklahoma, um, you know, I, I have seen commentary and I've engaged in it myself about, uh, you know, the committee putting them ahead of Wake Forest last week and, and whatever else. Um, I, I look at Oklahoma and their positioning right now as the committee is basically hammering them. A blue blood with that brand and they're 9-0 and in November and they're like, yeah, we got a bunch of one-loss teams ahead of you. Um, I think the committee is as unimpressed with an undefeated heritage team like that as I've ever seen in November. 
Well, the reasoning for it, at least what committee chair Gary Barta has said, is due in large part because they don't have a signature win. Well, you can also say that probably for Ohio State at this point. Um, but they have their chances down the stretch. So if there are Oklahoma fans who are concerned, they shouldn't be, unless Oklahoma can't get it done. I mean, they have two opportunities on the road against CFP top 25 teams starting this week at Baylor. Look, if Oklahoma beats Baylor convincingly, they wouldn't surprise me in the least if they jump ahead of two of those Big Ten teams, Michigan and Michigan State. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens across the country and how all the those puzzle pieces fit together at the end of the day on Saturday night, but they can start to make their move. And, you know, with games against Iowa state and then another ranked opponent, obviously a top 10 team in Oklahoma state, they can certainly catapult all the way into the top four when it's all said and done, because you've got that big 12 championship game as well. If it's playoffs, she knows it. Talking with Heather Dennis, ESPN wrapping up with her just another couple of minutes here. Um, let's talk head to head and how that don't carry the day with the committee. Um, the way that fans, we think, well, same record and y'all beat them. Um, mm-hmm. If Oregon at the end of the year has the exact same record, the additional data point of a conference championship, and their loss is to a six or seven loss Stanford team, the fact that Ohio State's only loss is to a 12 and one Oregon, I mean, there is no comparison as far as the committee's concerned. Is that correct? Well, no, let's see. Here's the thing. Head-to-head can change. I mean, right now it's valued. It might not be valued at the end of the day by the selection committee in the Oregon-Ohio State scenario because – Oregon doesn't have much left on its resume aside from a win against what's now a ranked Utah team in the Pac-12 championship game. Ohio State still has to play Michigan State and Michigan, which are currently two top seven teams, plus a ranked opponent from the West. This is assuming, of course, that they get to the Big Ten championship game. So if Ohio State does all of that and punctuates its resume with three ranked opponents. Oh, and by the way, Purdue is now top 25, too. So make that four straight ranked opponents, in theory, for Ohio State en route to a one-loss Big Ten championship game. Not only would I expect them to jump, I would predict them to jump Oregon because at that point, I think that resume outweighs what happened on September 11th. All right, last thing for you, and I could give you every disclaimer and setup possible, but if Texas A&M is able to finish, uh, I guess, 10-2, and and if Alabama has a really close loss to Georgia, I still don't see a two-loss team without a conference championship even getting into the playoffs. Um, Is there a scenario in your mind where a really close loss to Georgia and A&M finishes it out, is there any way that Bama's resume could get them in? If it's a really close loss, I think the selection committee would at least consider it depending on what happens in other conferences. I mean, you can't answer that question in a vacuum sure, because sure. If, you, if you do have a two-loss Oregon, right, and you have a two-loss Big 12 champ, or, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with, with the Big 10 as well if there's a two-loss champ. So the possibility is certainly there, and given that Alabama is sitting there at number two, um, I, I wouldn't rule it out, and I also wouldn't rule out the possibility, slim as it might feel right now, that there's a two-loss champion in the SEC. I mean, look, if A&M wins out, as you're saying, and Alabama loses to Auburn, yeah. the Aggies are playing Georgia. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's still a lot that can happen. Uh, I lied. Real last thing, Notre Dame, where do you think they rate? Um, is there any residual, yeah, we put you in and you get hammered. Um, what, just, what, what, where do they sit with the committee? 
Well, I don't think it's residual. I think it's more Notre Dame just this year. It doesn't look like an elite team. Are they playing better than they were in September? Certainly. I think they figure some things out. They're starting to feel their identity offensively, and they've made some changes, and I think it shows. Uh, but I, I don't think that they are a top-four team, and they don't have that conference championship game, obviously, to compensate for that loss to Cincinnati. Um, is it a good loss? Yes, it is. But I, I think that there are other teams that just have more on their resume to impress the committee. Heather Danich, ESPN. I appreciate your time as always. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Well, it's just been too long, folks. And when I saw big old Walter Nolan saying, I'm going to be an Aggie, I was like, we got to talk Cruton, and that means we're going to have Woody Womack on. Uh, Social media as well as uh, you name it, he does it for rivals. Woody, how you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good, Chuck. Just, uh, boy, we're gearing up. We only got about a month to go, and we're going to have the old signing day. So we're, we're, we're rolling. Let's talk Walter Nolan. Have you uh, been able to put eyeballs on him in person? And um, what do you think about his commitment and how it will last? Well, I saw him a lot over the summer. And, I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, weighs 350 pounds and runs way faster than he should than any human that makes should be able to move. Uh, I think that's one of the things that people don't realize when they, they they look at these kids or even, you know, pro football players, how big they can move at that size, and that's what makes them special. Um, you know, his commitment, this is kind of coming for a while. They were selling him hard. I was surprised that, you know, Tennessee wasn't able to get because he moved to Knoxville following his coach, Marlon Walls, who played up there. And, uh, and you know, Rodney Garner's at Tennessee now, and, he it was a full court press, but you know Jimbo always has a few tricks up his sleeve, and they're selling him on the NIL approach and stuff like that. And they're with Demarvin Leal and guys like that who have been successful. And in the end, they won him over, won over his family. So uh, I think he's pretty locked in. I mean, he was he's had a crazy recruitment, so I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it interesting for us, you know, down the stretch with some secret visits and stuff like that. But uh, I really think he's going to sign there, which is crazy considering the way his recruitment's gone. All right, now it's funny because I'm going to jump down to Florida and ask you about another, you know, top-ranked defensive lineman, and he's like 70 pounds lighter than Nolan. Uh, Shamar Stewart, have you watched him? And that's still up in the air. And that might be the Aggies too. Yeah, you know, Walter's saying it's going to be the Aggies, and I honestly think they're in the lead right now. And now a lot of that has to do with, you know, Miami's it's just a disaster and it, I don't know how long it's how long we've been saying that it just seems like they continue to just let these guys get away and it's it's one thing when when Alabama comes in there and plucks a receiver or something but I mean there are there are many guys like Shamar Stewart there maybe right in Miami's backyard you know big physical defense he's smaller than Walter but he's still a big dude super athletic and uh losing him to Texas A&M if that's what happens and that's what looks like it's going to happen to me that's going to be that's that's rough if you're a Miami fan because you just you, how how many years can you let these guys get away and and you wonder why they struggle every season that's why. 
Continue, Woody Womack, uh, talking Cruton, obviously. Uh, Shade Tree Jr., uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I was surprised that it, if the way it was put to me is FSU is listed, but it's almost a courtesy that they're not really in the mix. I mean, every kid, it, legacy doesn't matter to everybody. Uh, give us the uh, the flyover on Marvin Jones Jr. Yeah, I thought he was a, a lock there early on. I mean, it looked like it, but then this season kind of didn't – it hasn't gone as expected. I mean, they bounced back a little bit. But uh, Marvin's an interesting guy. I mean, this was a guy who was playing wide receiver two years ago, and now he's a defensive end. He kind of reminds me of Greg Russo, who had a similar kind of transformation yeah. and it being a first-round pick. I mean, he was, thought he was a tight end in senior year of high school. Um, so – Alabama's making a push. I mean, Georgia's making a push. I just think, like, when when it comes down to it, these guys like him who are, you know, these edge rushers, they see a pathway to the NFL that's pretty clear at both Alabama and Georgia because you look at a guy like Will Anderson, walks in, is immediately playing, is immediately dominant, and he just has to do his three years, and he's going to be a top-ten pick. So, uh I think Georgia and Alabama will be battling for him. A lot of these guys from American Heritage do end up at Georgia. They've done a nice job recruiting down there. So right now I'm, I might end up giving them the slight edge, but they also have some other bodies at the position. So, uh, you know, Marvin, I don't know, he's definitely more of an upside guy, but, you know, the huge ceiling for him when you talk about just the athleticism. And like I said, he's still learning how to play defensive end. Okay, Sam McCall, who's a five-star and a stud, and I uh, could do all kinds of things on a football field, but probably going to be a safety. Um, I had been told that his commitment to Florida State was a yeah, yeah, commit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm committed. Um, is that is there an update? Is he more committed? Um, what's your understanding with Sam McCall? I, I think he's pretty locked in there now. He's gone up and down. He said, oh, I'm locked in. Oh, I might take other visits. I might do this. He was committed to Florida at one time. Surprisingly, Kentucky has, has somehow worked their way in there. And uh, the, their recent success putting guys in the NFL, I think, has his attention. But, you know, him and Travis Hunter are pretty close. And I think when it comes down to it, He's a he's a, a Florida boy. I mean, he's from down in Lake Gibson, you know, in the middle of the state. I think he likes the idea of going to Tallahassee, and I think you know him and Hunter kind of have it set that that's where they want to go. They want to play together, and I think they'll hold on to him. Uh, you know, we're not as high as him on him as as some people. He's definitely a versatile athlete, but uh, I'm not. Think, I don't think he's going to step in day one and be like a locker type guy. But I do think he, he's the type of player they need to land as they continue trying to rebuild there. A couple more guys going to ask about. Uh, Jaheim Singletary, kid out of Jacksonville. Uh, ain't a lot of high school, 17-year-old high school corners that are six foot two. Uh, long arms, turn and go, all this. Um, is that a Kirby thing? Yeah, it's a Jacksonville, man. It seems like they, they have one about every couple of years. Uh, you know, Sean Wade, who had his ups and downs in, in college. Uh, Kevin Tolliver, who went to LSU, who who had a rough college career, but now made a name for himself in the NFL as a starter. So he, he kind of fits that mold, one of those guys that big, long, can turn and run. I think I think Georgia compares him to, to Kaylee Ringo, who's similar, probably a little bit quicker. I love Singletary, just a football player. I mean, you know, some sometimes we see coaches get obsessed with the size, and they'll take a guy who's one who can't cover over a guy who's 5'10", like, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., who's going to play 15 years yeah. in the NFL. Singletary's not that dude. He can cover. He he can play. 
he could probably switch to offense and play wide receiver. He's played quarterback for his team. And uh, Georgia's kind of came out of the path. To, he was committed to Ohio State at one point. It looked like it was a lock for Florida last year at this time. I think Georgia's going to end up closing with him down the stretch uh, as long as things keep going like they're going. I remember uh, when actually when I was in college, uh, there was a guy on scholarship, 6'11", and I asked uh, one of the guys, like, he's a ball player? Coach said if he was 6'8", he wouldn't be on scholarship. Does that tell you anything? Um, so, so sometimes you see the physical and you're like, hey, we can do something with this. Uh, let's talk inside the state of Alabama. Um, and I know that it's only November 10th and nobody can sign yet, but if they could, it does, the top kids aren't signing with Auburn. As far as liens, commitments, feels, whatever, again, there's still a month, there's five weeks or so. Uh, give us a, a, a bird's eye on Brian Harson and that staff in-state if you can. Well, that was, one of my con- that was one of my concerns when you hire a guy without ties to that area. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, basically the kids, you have to give them a reason not to, to stay in state. I mean, they they want to kind of stay close to home. Um, but you look at the at our state rankings, and they've got a few guys, you know, middle of the pack guys, at least the way we project them. Uh, I think they got a chance with Curtis Perry, who's a defensive tackle. That's, he's kind of undersized, but a lot of people like him. The word is that Alabama will take this commitment, I think, uh, I don't know if they're pushing for it at this point. I, I know Auburn would like him. I just think it's going to take time for them to build those relationships. They've had success on the field. So uh, I just think, like, you know, recruiting at Boise State is not the same as, as recruiting in the SEC. And sometimes these guys who come from the West Coast, and I know Harson had been at Texas at a time, it's just not the same. And you, you really have to put the pedal to the metal. I think they're kind of finding that out. I mean, their class isn't bad at all. But you can't let Oregon come into the state and, and land a top 10 player in the state over you. Uh, Antavius Woody's committed to Florida State. I think Auburn likes to think that they, they have a good chance to flip him. They might. And that would, we have him at, at fourth in the state, and he could play both ways, either O line or D line. So they might be able to close with a couple guys, but I think they got some work to do there in terms of like laying that foundation and, and really making sure that, that they're pushing for. You know, they're, they're not going to beat Alabama for many, but they need to be beating Oregon and Florida State schools like that. All right, wrapping up, just a couple of more with Woody Womack. Again, rivals, he's the guy for recruiting there. Uh, Kirby done got uh, Mikael Williams to flip out of Columbus, Georgia, and he's going to be a bulldog, he says, you know, five weeks out. Uh, what about the other monster defensive lineman who's still kind of hanging out in Georgia, Christian Miller, uh, 6'4", about 290. He's a four-star, and this is a Kirby USC thing, just like Williams was. I mean, you know, these these kids from the from Georgia, they like to flirt. They like the idea of, oh, let me go to Hollywood. Let me play. I want it. It's Cali. Oh, I love the weather. And you go out there for a game, and they've got that giant stadium, and it's half empty, and it's like, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart out there right now. They don't even have a coach. So I think he's I think he's enjoying the process. I think he's having fun, but yeah, I think he's going to stay close to home. I mean, it's when you look at the at the options. I mean, George or USC has produced some guys, but I mean, you know, I, I think uh, especially with with his, with his family in his ear, he'll end up staying close to home here. Woody, always appreciate the insight, man. Thanks so much. Uh, we will get back with you soon. Certainly around uh, as we're getting close to signing day, brother. Thank you. All right, thanks, Jeff. All right, Woody Womack again from Rivals and. That did seem like it was just a matter of time. And if you see, you may be a lot like me. We all have different things going on. And so that there are certain like 
streets off the the main college football road that I don't really go that far down until it's time. And recruiting is one of those, like Walter Nolan, I know who Walter Nolan is, and I've actually gone on and watched that kid, and I'm like, exactly what he said. Like, he's a legit probably 325, 330. He moves like a defensive end. Like, I saw Avery Gilbert. Somebody's like, Chuck, you – and if you don't know, like, the studio I'm in right now, I am – four miles from where Eric Gilbert played high school football. Like, Chuck, you got to go see him play. I showed up, and I didn't see a tight end who moved like a wide receiver. I saw a giant wide receiver. Okay, so sometimes you see these kids. Walter Nolan, good Lord. So, I've, you know, you follow it, but if you're like me, it gets to be about this time of year, actually just because we have to have the coaching hirings and firings, uh, and then you do the deep dive on it. Um, but – even what Mikel Williams, if you haven't been paying attention, if, if you're waiting a couple of weeks, five-star defensive lineman out of Columbus, Georgia, Hardaway High School, who was going to USC. He was never going to USC. And the story Woody told about, you know, these kids, they, they get an invite and they want to go out there and see California and palm trees and all that. I've told this story before. You look it up. Very good friend of mine. I played against him as a freshman in high school. I was a ninth-grade offensive tackle at Central Gwinnett. And he was a freshman defensive end at a place called North Gwinnett. Next year, I'm walking the halls first day, and I see Jeremiah McClary there. Now, Jeremiah wound up starting at D-tackle for Georgia Tech on their 1990 national championship team. Um, and he had decided that he wanted to play for a better football program. So he – I don't know if – and I'm not going to – it used to be you didn't really have to move. You could just kind of decide, and say, hey, I, I live here. Um, so I'm going to go to this school now. It's 35 years ago. He had offers. Like I said, he went to Georgia Tech. He had offers, folks. UCLA and Southern Cal. He wouldn't take the trip. And I was like, Jeremiah, what are you doing? You're not going out? He's like, Chuck, people don't come back. He's like, I have, I've had, we have family for, go to California. It's so gorgeous. They don't come back. He's like, they go out to California. They love it so much. They don't come back. He was like, I love my mom. So he went to Georgia Tech, won a national championship. And uh, I think he runs a catering company now. Last time I talked to uh, Jay was about five years ago. But, um, that was what it was. He was like, it's the exact same thing. He's like, I'm not going because of how beautiful it is. He says, I may be tempted to stay. So I can't remember where. Maybe Purdue and Texas, um, but wound up going to Georgia Tech. And like I say, got to hardware, so good for him. So the kid from Columbus who's never seen a palm tree or never been to California or yeah, whatever, yeah, go out there. And then it's uh, late night in the coliseum and you're looking around and you're going uh, i heard snoop dog was here oh he's not oh he doesn't come when they're bad and so you take your trip and then you get to come home so that looks like that's what uh Mikhail williams is doing and again christian miller the other defensive lineman i'm going to usc well maybe i'm going to georgia god bless kirby man kirby has a mop and he is just going along just getting all of them uh, all right, we're going to take a break. We will come back, wrap up on a Wednesday next. Catch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Best football teams hunt. 
And and you go hunting, you're not worried about the weather. I mean, if you're worried about the weather, you're doing the wrong kind of hunting. <laughs> so uh, for us, we're looking at it as we're going to play a game, and the, the, the outside factors are, are nothing but distractions. Kirby Smart, and I wasn't in the room, but it, it's someone I was to ask him about weather. Hey, it might be cold Saturday. That's what I was told. Basically, there's your question, and there was a pause. And whenever you see a coach like Kirby pause, Jimbo used to be this way, but he's not. Saban is. When you see him pause, they're deciding. I'm about to have a meltdown, but Miss Terry yelled at me last time. Okay, I'll just answer the question. Now, with Saban, do you know how his angry answer is? Do What does, and he'll give you a football term, um, what does good pass pro mean? Okay, well, let me tell you what it means to me. That is the Saban script. He'll ask you, what does this mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means to me. And that's the nice version of it. Kirby there was like, you got to be kidding me. You just asked me about what? Okay, hang on. All right, I'll, I'll just answer the question then. He doesn't care. He couldn't be concerned. Maybe they'll put on a different shoe. It's not as easy as it used to be. Like all the cleats, like 90, 95%, they're molded now. It used to be you had this got this thing called a wrench, and you get, get, get longer cleats and screw them in. That's not what it is anymore. But you'll decide about what shoes you may wear. Other than that, Kirby doesn't care, and basically no coach does. My coach, I've never cared about it. Now, there are advantages. There are teams, and this is true. Um, you might be a good mutter. You, you might be a team that, that that's kind of what you do, or at cold or you know, whatever it is, but I promise he doesn't care, and that was kind of what his point is. Um, a college coach who did have the meltdown, he went the other way, I think he's about to apologize, needed or not. Uh, and for me, I side with Bo Davis. If you have not seen this, Bo Davis was a national championship winning assistant coach at Alabama, and then he colored outside the lines. I mean, just a tiny, tiny, tiny amount uh, in recruiting. And it was like contact periods and things like that. And he lied about it. And Saban's like, yeah, I got to fire you. Sorry. So Bo Davis. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because his transgressions, it, it, it was nothing. It, he wasn't dropping off an Escalade in a fat stack. It was, it was like I wasn't supposed to be at the high school for another week, but I went anyway, and then he was dishonest about it, so he got canned. D- does anyone listening, do y'all know what Bo Davis's next job was? Do you know where Bo Davis was in pl- He was driving a truck, people. He's like, I got bills. Now, Bo Davis... In addition to being, again, I'm just telling his reputation, uh, he's a really good defensive line coach. And he's an excellent recruiter. He was driving a truck. Sidelines, winning a national champion, driving a truck. Driving a truck ain't so bad. It is if you've been a national championship winning assistant coach at Alabama making six hundred grand or whatever. So after the loss to Iowa State on Saturday, he's now employed. He works for Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. And they lost to Iowa State, and they got run. It's 30-7. to And on the bus back to the airport to fly home, it was party time. And Bo didn't like it. And so he stands up on the bus. Some of you MFers need to get in the transfer portal. 
this ish ain't a game to me. And if you think it's a game, get the F off this bus. Now, I'm, I'm cleaning it up best I can here, but you need to understand the anger. Um, I got my rear end kicked, and you MFers want to laugh? This is real. You think it's a joke? I'm tired of this because this is real, and we want to laugh and joke. F that. That's Bo Davis, and I left out about half the expletives. I got my rear end kicked, and you want to laugh? He says, this isn't a game to me. If you think it's a game, get off. Do you know what he's saying? He's like, folks, this is my second chance. I didn't even know seven, eight years ago how valuable this stuff was. What Bo Davis is telling these kids is, you're me five years ago. You do have your chance. Take advantage of it. This is not a game. This is your life. Do something. Take advantage you just got beat 30-7, to seven and you're bragging about your Candy Crush score. I side with Bo Davis, and there's video of it, and some kid got out his cell phone and decided he wanted to record the audio. I side with Bo Davis. What up, Dan? Well, it's not only that. It also it backfired, and it created this perception of the Texas program that people have. The players are soft, and they're entitled. Because I guarantee you that player put that out there. Of, I'm going to show everybody yep. how mean this guy is and just how, you know, just, just the conditions that we have here at Texas. And everybody was like, no, you got it pretty good. I side with Bo. And, and, yeah, absolutely. He 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 pulled the manager in Bull Durham without being told, hey, Ooh, you got to scare in the shower. Him. No, that's exactly it. Because, actually, you know, it leads into a larger point here of the time of year we're about to enter into, Chuck, is we've heard people talk about power to the player and the one-time transfer it's great for the players it's also going to work for the coaches as well because it's kind of like what we've seen in the NFL Melvin Ingram recently traded away from the Pittsburgh Steelers they talked about this week on Monday Night Football a line that Mike Tomlin had which I did not know he had used before with Le'Veon Bell where he used it again he said it's better to have volunteers than it is to have hostages that's the mindset that coaches are going to have because it comes to a conversation I had the other day with somebody who is around a middling program in Power 5, and I asked about a really good player on that team, and I said, is it a concern? Before I could even get the rest of the sentence out, he goes, yes, it is. It's an actual legit concern right now that he's going to say, yeah, here? It's not so great. It's time for me to leave. I think it's also going to work for coaches where they're having their meetings right now, and they're talking about the guys coming in, but they're also talking about, hey, what about this guy do we need to try to re-recruit him and keep him here? It's going to work both ways. Dan, tremendous job today. David, good job. Appreciate everybody coming in for the college football conversation. Give me 22 hours. I will recharge the batteries. Promise you. Come back tomorrow with more college football talk right here on the Chuck Oliver Show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.